Welcome to Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern. I'm a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. He makes his return back to the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, man, the people in the room. How you doing, Grant? How you feeling, first of all, and welcome to Ride the Line. I'm feeling better now that I'm back, Tanner. Really appreciate you holding it down while I was gone. Some some amazing episodes. I was tuned into both of them. Trust me when I do say that. I was wallowing away in a pit of misery. I was very sick. I was not doing good. And you listening to you for those 15, 20 minutes did bring a little bit of brightness to the day. And as good as you did, as good of a job as you did do. I am excited to be back. I am very excited to be back in front of the microphone, talking to the people, and to share some picks here um, because I know that I wasn't able to give my favorite picks for Thursday Night Football on the last episode. But another reminder, guys, if, if you aren't checking out the website, the World Sports Network, WSN, then you missed out on what my favorite picks for TNF were. And both of them ended up cashing. I had the Vikings plus six and a half, the all-time backdoor cover, but a deserved cover, I will say. And I had the over on Kirk Cousins passing yards. So it was a good day for me on Thursday Night Football. Kirk Cousins passing yards smacked. It should have smacked in the first half if the Minnesota Vikings didn't fumble and give back like three possessions to them. That was ridiculous. I was watching that and my soul was leaving my body. But last night was a great game just because I thought I was going to lose almost every bet I had. Not Kirk Cousins passing. Um, but I thought I was going to lose the majority of the bets I had until like the last five minutes of the game. And I played that FanDuel Super Boost last night. The mm-hmm. uh, It was whatever, Justin Jefferson or A.J. Brown to lead the league in receiving. A.J. Brown didn't even play last night, so he, I don't know where he was. Um, but Justin Jefferson came through late, and Devontae Smith, he, he was like 50, 60 yards behind Devontae Smith the whole night and just came through late. So that was pretty good. I mean, it was, an, it was a bold strategy by the Vikings to just not cover Devontae Smith whenever he ran 20 yards down the field. And they did the same thing for A.J. Brown, too, on that. Was it a – it was a holding penalty, right? Yeah. On yeah, the so I – I, I mean, I, and of course, I am joking a little bit. The Eagles were just – the Eagles were a battering ram with that run game and that offensive line. So, obviously, they had to bring the defense in. And anytime they did, Jalen was able to put it behind them. Um, and he did underthrow Devontae Smith on one of those. I, th- I don't think I ended up going for a touchdown. But, yeah, the Eagles offense – it was a weird game to try to break down because the Eagles so far have just – through two games, they've not been impressive. Yet, they're 2-0. and And, of course, they made it to the Super Bowl last year. So – Of course, you're going to take that if you are, you know, an Eagles fan. And I think part of it is just them adjusting to the new offensive coordinator because I think Shane Steichen did a lot for them and, you know, people just didn't realize that. But, I mean, you know, you got to feel good, like I said. You got to feel good if you're an Eagles, you're 2-0 because the offense hasn't looked amazing. Jalen's been turning the ball over and they still haven't lost yet. Jalen Hurts forgot how to play football. And then the defense, the secondary, my God, you guys are terrible. You got lit up by Mac Jones and Kirk Cousins. So you should go back and take a long, hard look in the mirror and say, we're not that good. We need to figure it out. Um, this is not the same Eagles team of last year. They don't look that good. I'm sure they're going to get better, but still not a good showing from them last night, even though they were able to win the game. But it's all about winning in the NFL. Yeah. Can, can we talk about this? This what The only thing that matters, can we talk about this spread result, this cover by the Vikings? Because to your point, the Vikings lost. They didn't just fumble. They lost four fumbles in the first 31 minutes of play. I was scre- legitimately like we work in the sports betting industry, Tanner. It's our job to be calm in the, in the face of adversity. I was seething. I was screaming at the TV because I said the Vikings need, should be winning this game. And they were down like 27 to seven. And then 
for them to get that cover with Kirk Cousins leading, you know, he, he has the not the game tying drive, whatever the, the game covering drive, and then the Eagles score again, and then Cousins leads another one of those drives. It was an all-time hero performance from Kirk Cousins as a betting as as a better from a betting perspective. I knew they were gonna cover whole time. Whole time. Because the line. The line was moving in favor of the Vikings, even though more money was coming on the Eagles. Vegas needed it. Vegas called <laughs> a couple fourth down conversions, a couple, couple flags they didn't call. It was good. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was definitely a frustrating game there, especially in that first half, first quarter. Kirk Cousins played very well. I'll give him that. Did not turn the ball over when it came to an interception. Obviously had the fumble. But a fun night. Fun game. Great game. I'm excited for the weekend. Let's start talking about it. But make sure you subscribe to the channel before you do that. Before we do talk about the weekend, I do want to get your take on this. Do the New York Jets call for Kirk Cousins? No, I don't think so. I think you got a great defense there. I think your season's probably over no matter if you have Kirk Cousins or not. You still got to come in and learn offense. Then you got to give up a lot for him, too. I mean, you got to trust your guy, Zach Wilson. You got to trust the MILF man. You got to. You have to. I, I mean, maybe you do, but I don't. Like, you I, I was. I, I don't. I don't. Th- I didn't. I, I didn't have Kirk Cousins on my short list until I. The only reason I asked because I saw that being a popular topic on on social media. The guys who I had on my short list were uh, Jameis Winston and Ryan Tannehill, and then, <coughs> excuse me, may, maybe someone like maybe one of these retired vets like like a Carson Wentz. Although that that's at the bottom of my list. I think Jameis Winston and Tannehill were my top two. I could see that, but when I look at Zach Wilson, he was first-round draft pick a few years ago. It's his team. Aaron Rodgers already came out and said, like, I want to play a couple years and give this thing off to Zach. I think when you have Aaron Rodgers right next to him in his ear the entire game, like, it's it's going to help him. He also made some better decisions with the football. Like, we, we're, we're, like, the, he's grown a lot from year to year. He did not try to force the football into situations. Yeah, he had the pick, but yeah. he, he did some – he did a lot better things with the football. Like when he was under pressure, he, he took a sack. He got rid of it quickly. He dumped it off. And they weren't really letting him open up either. It was run, run, pass and all quick game stuff. Okay, but the, the way they called the game, doesn't that tell you they don't trust him at all? Like they had a chance to, to get the, a touchdown with less than two minutes left, ball inside the 20, and they ran it three straight times. In that situation, I understand it. It's a, it's a high-stress environment. I think we're going to see them open it up a little bit more, but it's a high-stress environment. Nobody expected that. Everyone's shook. Like you just got to get through the game. You're you're in a position to win the game. Put the game on your defense. That's what that's what they were doing. I don't blame them there at all. Because if Zach Wilson throws a pick, you're taking the ball out of your defense's hands. <laughs> that's a funny way to look at it. Look, he better be ready to be. He's going to be running for his life against the Cowboys. That, that's all I'm going to say. He's if if Zach Wilson has a good day against this Cowboys defense, I'll take everything back. The Super Bowl is still on. He played – his quarterback rating was like six or seventh on the day, I think. He actually played pretty well QBR-wise. Josh Allen – I'd rather have Zach Wilson than Josh Allen right now. Look, I've been going on and on about how Josh Allen is not not a top three quarterback. I've been saying it for a while now. I'm glad it's starting to become the prevailing opinion. He's just too careless. He's too reckless. It doesn't matter if he plays like the best quarterback in the league half the weeks. The other half of the weeks, he's like a bottom ten quarterback. So you just can't trust – you can't win with that. Grant, you know who is a, a top three quarterback? Who is in it? The NFL? Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is the grittiest quarterback in the NFL. And that's why I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for my first pick on the money line. I don't want to worry about points in this game because the Chicago Bears can strike at any time. They can take a ball 80 yards like that. 
and you know ruin a spread, even though it is only two and a half, three points. I like the Buccaneers to win this game. Number one reason being the Chicago Bears look like a JV football team, and they look like a JV football team that their parents were forcing them to go out and play football. They didn't want to be there one bit. The defense didn't run the ball. The offense didn't run the ball. Nobody ran the football. Justin Fields had nobody to throw to. He made multiple mistakes with the football. He didn't want to be there. Nobody wanted to be there, Grant. But you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They want to be there. They want to play football. They're gritty. If you heard any of those Baker Mayfield mic'd up moments, you know he's ready to lead them to a victory. The front seven was very good for Tampa Bay. Baker connected with Chris Godwin. He connected with Mike Evans. He did enough to win, and they put the game on the defense. I think this Tampa Bay team is a sneaky, sneaky pick to win the NFC South. You did say that before the season started, and I want to throw a couple things at you here. So the first one being that the, the Bears were awful in week one, just flat, flatly. They were awful. They only called one design run for Justin Fields. I don't understand why you're trying to make him a player. He isn't. A, it, it's okay to be a running quarterback. Like, look around the league. Patrick Mahomes runs the ball. Jalen Hurts runs the ball. Josh Allen, even Joe Burrow will take off and scratch. Why are you not letting J- Justin Fields, who – you know, almost set the record for, for rushing yards. Did he? I, I think he was like just behind the, the single season record, right? And he would have hit it if they let him run from the start of the season. Why are you trying to change him, especially with the new playmakers around him? It's going to open up his ability to run the ball even more. So that was a bad decision by the Bears coaching staff. I hope they allow him to run the ball. But this is really what I want to talk about. Baker Mayfield said that he knew what the Vikings, what defensive alignment they were going to be in. They still only won the game by three points, and he had less than 200 yards passing. Is it not concerning that when he faces a team and he can't steal their signals, it, it, that he might like really struggle, like less than 150 passing yards? Is that not something you're worried about? No. First game, new team. Very good defense. Yeah, it's, he, look, he wants to win. And, that, you know, tip his cap. Tip, tip your cap to him for stealing their signs. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. It's not bad at all. It's a sign of his intelligence. But again, he knew what defense they were going to be in, and he couldn't throw for 200 yards. That's a bit of a problem to me. Eh, I don't think so, because that's not the kind of quarterback he is. Like They're going to win with defense and field position. Um, in the second half, too, he was a much different quarterback. He was fishing with the football as well. Um, like He played a much better second half than he did a first half. I want to look at the stats real quick. And they got to get Rashad White going. The offensive line's got to be a little better. But I do like them more against the Bears. I'll tell you that, Grant. Not saying I'm picking them to win the freaking Super Bowl. You taking them on the money line in this one? Is that yeah, I'm not taking at? the spread. I'm taking money line at home. I don't hate that. Um, you got Baker's stats yet? Baker stats. He was 21 and 34 for 173 and two touchdowns. I mean, it's not bad, but like I said, he knew what defense they were going to be in. I just don't know how much I trust him against. I, this is the thing, too. I was also high on the Bears coming into the season. I was very concerned with what I saw in week one, but at the same time, you can't overreact. So I'm holding on to some sort of optimism that they can still come good. I can overreact the fact that they weren't running the football. I can overreact oh, yeah. to the effort. Like, that's something I can't bet on. I'll take Tampa Bay because Baker wants to win. He is. He wants to play football. He, he's a gamer. <laughs> He does want to play football. There's no doubt about that. Another team that wants to play football and that played a lot of football and their week one win over the Steelers was the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I was concerned about Brock Purdy, as you know, Tanner. You know, I don't feel like this was criticism. I think it was healthy concern, you know, uh, and healthy, I guess, being the operative word here because 
Purdy was coming off of a torn UCL, and I was just worried, you know, is he going to be ready to step back into the fire? He was, and then some. He was, the word I used was sharp when I was doing a sort of a post-game analysis, analysis of it. This, the 49ers looked like they were in the middle of the season. Like, they looked like they had been doing this for a few months already. Everything, the ball was coming out fast. It was going where it needed to be. Offensive line was not missing assignments. Defensive was, defense was swarming to the football batting down balls, getting the quarterback on the ground. It was, it was sharp. It was well executed. And they're taking on the Los Angeles Rams here. And I know the Rams were one of the uh, the darlings of week one. They they had the largest cover by an underdog of any team in the league, beat the beat the Seahawks 30 to 14. But it's I, I still just don't trust this team. They, they still don't have a ton going for them. And all of a sudden, uh, Puka Nakua, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his name, but he's the hero of everybody's fantasy team. And he's he's the new Cooper Cup. Well, he's injured. He's missed practice. He might not play in this game. You look at some of the history between these teams. Kyle Shanahan is 10-3 and three against the spread against Sean McVay historically. And he's covered in seven straight games. 49ers, you can make an argument, looked like the best team in the league in week one. I think they're a lot better than the Rams. And the fact that they can win by full touchdown and we, we're still not losing money. You know, at worst, we're going to push out of it. I'll say 49ers minus seven. I like this. Um, the Rams did not give up a sack last week. Fun fact there. That's why Matthew Stafford had one of the best games of his career. Um, I don't see that happening. Like the, the 49ers dominated the Steelers and Nick Bosa barely even played in the game. So a lot yeah. going for this defense. Yeah, I, I, I just... Like I said, the, the Rams, it was an amazing week one, but same way you can't overact negatively or you, or you shouldn't overreact negatively, you shouldn't overreact positively. The Rams, they're, they're not going to be as good as they were in week one. I agree. All right, Grant, I know you don't like this pick, but I'll like it. So that's what matters. Chargers money line against the Titans. Vrabel, yeah, he's gritty, wants to win, blah, blah, blah. They looked terrible last week, and the big reason for that was our guy, Ryan Tannehill. Didn't complete 50% of his passes. Didn't complete 50% of his passes. He threw for 198 and three picks. Titans defense did play well against the run. They allowed just 69 yards, but they gave up tons of big plays through the air. Um, Austin Eckler, I think he's going to be more dangerous catching the ball in the backfield this week than he was running the football. Uh, last week, he had his presence felt by running the ball. This week, I think it's going to be a little different. And also, I think we're going to see a Justin Herbert masterclass here. Chris Lave, Rashid Shahid, both had 40-plus yard receptions last week against the Titans. Michael Thomas and Juwan Johnson both went for 25-plus. If Tennessee cannot throw the ball in this game and they continue to allow big plays through the air and big plays with their defense – it's going to be a long game for them. It's going to be a long season. We can talk about the Titans being eager to bounce back. Chargers eager to bounce back, too. They ran for 200-something yards. They still couldn't win the game last week. Um, so I like the Chargers here. Fair price on the money line. I see this being up to, like, minus 155 by kickoff. Yeah, I'm staying away from this game. I, I don't like it, to be honest. That you're, you're talking about the uh, the Chargers there and, you know, their, their ability to run the ball last week. Well, yeah, they ran for, what was it, 200-plus two, yards. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're now they're taking on the best run defense in the league in the Titans and and the Titans pass defense is pretty terrible. I'm not going to you know try to dis disprove that, but Chargers passing attack wasn't amazing last week. Now it should be good. This is a, a spot where you want to get right against a terrible pass defense. But even in giving up over 300 yards to Derek Carr, the Titans only lost that game by one point, and that was with Tannehill throwing three interceptions. Also, it was on the road, so. You know, the Titans are at home here. If Tannehill doesn't turn the ball over three times, 
can Vrabel just kind of grind his way to a victory? I think it's definitely possible. Vrabel consistently does more with less, and the Chargers just – it's the opposite. They they lose games that they're competitive in. Uh, they're injured a bunch. They don't make smart decisions. So I, I would not be betting this game personally. Yeah, I don't like Brandon Staley, but I do like Justin Herbert. I think he's going to have a much better day throwing the football down the field, and they're going to win this game because Ryan Tannehill cannot do the, get the job done. And their defense, if they get a big place through the air, we know the Chargers can strike through the air. Uh, so I just have more trust in that team. Well, team I have trust in Tanner and – Maybe not overall from a huge broad scale. I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs or anything like that. But the Washington Commanders, I think, have a really good chance to get their first 2-0 and start since 2011. Now, I'm not taking them on the money line. I'm taking them at plus 3.5. And, and that half is crucial here because they can lose by a field goal and still cover. They're on the road against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are 7-10 and against the spread last year, and they're now... 0-1 against the spread to start this year. Uh, Russell Wilson played maybe the best game of his Broncos career last week. Had a QBR of, I think, 77, 78, something up there in the high 70s. Um, but he still had less than 200 yards passing, and the Broncos still lost that game. Sean Payton is supposed to be an excellent head coach, and I do hold him in high regard. But the Broncos were penalized over 10 times, I believe. Uh, I think it was actually exactly 10. It was the fourth most of the opening week. And this team, I mean, they just lost to the Raiders at home. The Commanders are at least equals to the Raiders, in my opinion. Now, I know they didn't start well, and that's the reason that they ultimately weren't able to cover against the Cardinals. Cardinals, by the way, very, very sneakily played some good defense in the first half of that game. I was watching it, but the Cardinals aren't going to be good long term. So I can understand why you might be a little uh, turned off by the, by the Commanders not covering against the Cardinals. But it was Sam Howell's second career start. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, even though the offense wasn't totally consistent and they struggled to run the football, you did see flashes of explosiveness and dynamism because of all the playmakers they have there. I think the Commanders can go on the road, and like I said, plus three and a half, they can get a cover against a Broncos team that if it scores 20 points, it, it's a miracle. You, you should be saying hallelujah. And, you know, like a 20 to 17, can the Commanders lose 20 to 17 and still cover? Absolutely. I don't think I'd play this game. I mean, I might. If I played it, I would go with the Commanders at plus three and a half, the, the team that almost lost the Arizona Cardinals last week. But I still would probably not play here. I think the Broncos – I always have that fear of the Broncos that they're going to be better, right? They're going to throw the ball down the field. They're going to play better defense. Like, I, I don't know. I've had it for I've had it for over a year. I still – it still doesn't really come to fruition much. But um, Sam Howell really hurt me last week, Grant. Really hurt me. Didn't play that well. Only, only He needed two more passing yards for the people, <laughs> and he couldn't do that. So I, was, I, I'm, I'm, he's on my shit list. He, he, he was, he wasn't that bad. He actually ran the offense better in the second half, even though he only had like what was it, thirty something passing yards. Grant, he ran the offense like the Virginia Tech Hokies ran their offense last week. Not hey, stop coming for my teams, or I'm gonna come for your Patriots. I don't. I'm not a Patriots fan. I don't yes, know you why. Are. No, you I'm are not. a Patriots fan, no, and you're trying to masquerade as a Bucks fan because Tom Brady played there. No, I'm not. I'm not a fan of anyone anymore. I have no fan. I have no fandom. I have no absolutely no fandom. All right. Well, when I'm when I'm analyzing and doing my work, I don't have any fandom either. But we know deep down at heart, I'm a Commanders fan, and we know deep down at heart, you're a Patriots fan. Grant, I'll take the Dolphins on Sunday night. Honestly, like you, you were like texting me last that, week. That doesn't. That doesn't. 
betting against your team does not mean that you're not a fan of them. You're no, I don't give a shit. I don't, but you like you can you have more of a connection to the Washington Commanders. And I like like you text me who like oh, so, like during the Patriots. You table, text like, me about Sam Howell every day because he's absolute because he needed three more passing yards. Grant, you, you have more me, of a connection to the Commanders than I do. No, you texted me during the Patriots game. You're like, oh, it's supposed to suck to be a Patriots fan. Like you're trying to get you're trying to burn me or something. I'm like, bro, Eagles money line's the last leg of my parlay, buddy. Okay. Betting against your team does not mean it's not your team. Go, move on. Move They're on. not the Buccaneers are my team. We're one and zero, Grant. We're freaking one and zero. There you go. You admit you have a team. All right. <laughs> no, nobody wants this as their team, though, Grant. But as bad as the commies can be, the New York Giants. I think they're worse. I think they're worse. But that's a compliment. I think the Giants are worse. Wait, they do you suck. actually believe that? No, no, I don't. I don't know. It's too hard. Like everyone's like. Everyone's like, ah, I'm done with the done with the Giants, done with the New York Giants, blah blah blah. And Grant, by the way, too, the only reason I pick on your teams is because they've screwed me. So if they if they if they won games, I wouldn't come after them. But they're terrible. <laughs> Don't bet on them. I need more out of fucking Virginia Tech, Grant. Come on now. Anyway, I I, I just sorry sorry for interrupting. I I do think the Giants are the worst team in the NFC East. That's why I wanted to ask if that was a real take of yours. I, I need to see more out of both of the com- Commanders and the Giants. I do. I really need to see more because. You look at the New York Giants, they got like their doors blown off by the Cowboys. I still think the commies would have got their doors blown off by the Cowboys in that spot. So like I can't really say, but it wasn't as like the Giants defense wasn't the issue. It was not the Giants defense. It was the special teams and the offense. Yes, the defense got run over a little bit, but like Dak wasn't that efficient with the football when he did throw the ball down the field. So um, I'm going to take Giants minus four and a half. There's a lot of people afraid of the Giants in this spot. The line is moving back towards the Cardinals. Just because the Cardinals covered against the Commanders, I'm not buying into that. And just because the Giants got blown out by the Cowboys, I'm not buying into that. I'm playing this like it's week one. If this was week one, it's minus four and a half. I'm taking the New York Giants here. I think we're going to see a Brian Dable dedicated to the run game. The best way to help out a struggling offensive line is by running the football, working in play action. They're, they're tackling Andrew Thomas, battling a hamstring injury. Probably won't play, but I still like this New York Giants team at minus four and a half here. The Cardinals are not that good. Like they they might have played above what they were in week one against the commanders, but when you got Joshua Dobbs playing quarterback, if they can literally just shut down the run game, they can shut down um the Cardinals running attack. I think they're gonna be just fine and win this game by a touchdown at least. Every team has a chance to win the Super Bowl in week one. The, mm-hmm. the worst teams in the league come out. They play usually a good quarter, a good half of football because as you've had an entire offseason to prepare. Um, you, you've got the most optimism you're going to have with that. There's no reason that teams of dogs more than a touchdown shouldn't be able to cover in week one because, again, it's the best chance you're going to have all year. You know, I, I was bagging on the Giants. They are much better than the Cardinals. I like the approach of playing it like it's week one. I think you're going to see a lot of running from Saquon Barkley, a good dose of the run from Daniel Jones as well. There was one drive where the Giants looked like an actual NFL football team. It was the opening drive. It was when they had Daniel Jones running the football. Now, I will say that is part of my criticism of the Giants giving Daniel Jones all that money. He's not a good quarterback. He's a good fullback who can throw the ball a little, in my opinion, but I don't want to get started on a rant. Let Daniel Jones run the ball. Let Saquon run the ball. They will easily beat the Cardinals. They will easily cover. I think I know it's a square bet because the Giants are road favorites and there's money on them, but the Giants should cover. Yeah, I don't see why you take the Cardinals in this game. No, you take the Giants. All right, Grant, last pick. 
Yeah, my final pick, it's going to be a player prop. I'm going over 45 and a half rushing yards for one Lamar Jackson. Now, just right away, this is more of a spread trend, but crazy stat. The Ravens in their last 22 games as underdogs are 18-3-1 against the spread, which is kind of wild. Now, there's three three-and-a-half-point dogs, depending on where you get them, against the Bengals here. Tyler Linderbaum and Ronnie Staley, two key offensive linemen, are banged up. They might play. They might not. The Ravens also have some problems in the secondary, which is, which is why I'm not full on going with their spread here. But what the point I'm trying to make is there's going to be some pressure on Lamar Jackson, and especially with J.K. Dobbins also popping his ACL. He's going to be out for the year. Excuse me, not his ACL, his Achilles. He's gone for the year. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Lamar to run the football. He's got to take on a bigger role. He only ran the ball six times last week. That was the fewest since week one of last season. But if you look what he did after that uh, last year, he bounced back with even more attempts. And Lamar's last three games against the Bengals, he's averaged 81 yards rushing, and he's hit the over 45 in all three of those games. So I think Lamar, big day on the ground. Don't know if the Ravens win. Don't know if they cover. Um, I think maybe at plus three and a half, I would take them to cover. But favorite play from this game is Lamar over on the rushing yards. Yeah, I think you're going to see an angry Bengals and Joe Burrow team. Lamar Jackson was horrendous last week. Terrible. I, he was, I mean, Burrow was worse though. Like let's, let's call Burrow it was worse. Yeah. But again, Burrow also didn't play in the whole preseason. Like Lamar, the pick Lamar threw was like JV football interception. It was going in. He like, just he literally threw it right. Like it was like to, it was to throw it away, but he threw it right to a guy. Like you didn't see him. I don't mind the rushing yards. I will never take Lamar Jackson's passing yards against Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're going to be in his face all day. I think they're going to have to take off, and I think we're going to see a gritty Bengals attack here. Joey B is going to bounce back. He's got a new haircut. Not worried about that. Bengals money line, but I like the play. I am worried about Bengals money line, though, even though it's not either one of our plays. I'm worried. I, I think Joe Burrow is injured. Like, seriously, I, I don't think he should be playing right now. And, and Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is the second-best football player in the world. He doesn't throw for 82 passing yards. It, it doesn't happen. I think he's still like seriously injured. Either he's still seriously injured or his mind is not right at all. And going out and throwing for 82 yards, that's not going to clear his mind up. So I would have serious reservations betting the Bengals. Yeah, I'm still in about the Bengals, but I, I do agree with you. 82 yards is very weird out of him. Yeah, 100%. All right, that was Ride the Line. Nice little Sunday edition for the, the big Sunday week two slate. It's a great day, Grant. Colorado. Just, just shortly, college football, like like what, 30 seconds. Colorado is going to blow Colorado State's doors off because they now made it personal. That was pretty crazy with the guy talking about like taking his hat and sunglasses off. That was yeah. stupid. I, I, I got the over in that game. Um, I hate betting, you know, college football, three, four, five touchdown spreads, but Colorado should win big. They should win by 100 points, honestly. Um, and then my other play, one other play, Florida, the Gators – cover against Tennessee in the swamp. I got Tennessee covered in that one. And I know, I know there's a lot of public money on that, which makes me a little nervous, but I got the balls. I tell I did an alternate spread plus 10 and a half. So yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I like that for sure. Hopefully I'm okay. But I think they cover six and a half Graham Mertz masterclass incoming. That was ride the line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, smash the button. If you can't subscribe, why are you watching at this point in the episode? You're too lazy. And Drop a comment on who you're taking this week. Yep, 100%, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tanner and I are going to jump on out of here, but we will see you on the next episode of Ride the Line.